Like, he cried so much in the car today, he threw up over himself. Oh my god. Wait, which one of you two, which one of you two is the puker when you cried, Lily? Me. Becky, maybe I used not. to throw up a lot in, like, the fourth grade. Lily Moore, got, like... hi- Lily Moore got hives when she was upset. Yeah, yeah. like, that was a good child. talk about all sorts of stuff first i want to welcome my sister lily calling in from the canary islands how are you lil good good on a sunday night all right enjoying uh weekend and excited to to chat beck calling in from california how are you good i discovered a new diner this morning in the neighborhood really good you're gonna love it when you come visit what? Yeah, it's huge news. What, huge what, discovery. That's huge. What huge. is the specialty of said diner? Like, if I go in and I have to order one thing, what should I order? I, I, I saw the pancakes and I tasted the French toast. And I have to tell you, I am not a French toast person, and it was fantastic. But those pancakes made me very sad that that my table was not into getting an order for the table because they looked so beautiful that it was like heartbreaking to watch them pass by and be, and be served to another table. So when we come in December, we'll go, we'll do a pancake French toast taste off. Yeah. We're going to have to We'll report back to the pod. Mm -hmm. And how are you doing brother? Oh, how are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing great. <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, Classic but... podcast. Forgetting your time. <laughs> um, look, I feel like it's actually therapeutic for Becky because for years of her being the youngest sibling being forgotten, I get to be forgotten every week now. I didn't feel forgotten. Thanks, guys. No, not forgotten. <laughs> like when we talk at the dinner table, and you'd have I'm to just pipe kidding. up. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, before we get started, my what's on my mind lately is a bunch of music things that tie through different phases of my life that all seem to have come together this week. Number one, I received my 25th anniversary special edition box set of automatic for the people. I saw that on Twitter or Instagram. Yeah. And first of all, REM has done an amazing job with all their re-releases. There has been amazing stuff in each re-release that they've done of every single album. The, the last two in particular um, have been phenomenal. They did Out of Time recently. But the Automatic for the People one comes with what I think is kind of the holy grail of, of REM live material is a live show from 1992, I think. I think it's 1992. A show from the Automatic for the People era when they weren't touring. And it is just absolutely incredible. Um, and in the show... Sorry, in the live concert, yeah, Mike Mills tells a story before they play Losing My Religion about how when they were touring in Israel and they were driving around hanging out with people, no one knew the name of the song Losing My Religion because they kept calling it O-Life, 
because that's how it was known. Because um, <laughs> they they changed the title in Israel. No, because just people knew it by the lyrics, and it, and so you know it starts with O Life. Oh, so Life, yeah. And mm-hmm. what what's amazing to me is that transport me back to 1996 when I was visiting Israel and I got a, a cassette tape bootleg of um, REM's Unplugged show, and losing my religion on that cassette tape bootleg was called O Life. <laughs> that is such a cute anecdote. Wow. Like, I, I had no idea. That's just like a random thing that people wouldn't know. Unless you were in there in that moment. Yeah. So or I would, listen to that that REM thing, but that's really funny that you actually experienced that. So so that was a that was a pretty awesome moment, me and Mike Mills kind of having had the same experience back in the nineties. Um speaking Did you of, tweet him about it? You should tweet him about it. Uh yeah, I, I, I you know you know how I feel about my interactions with Mike Mills that because You're right. You like, have a whole thing. <laughs> I have a whole thing. We can go into it another time, but I'm very choosy about when I interact with him because I only want it to be positive. Um, I'm sure he feels <laughs> the same way about you and he pre- He does. He does he feel does. the same way. We're on a good footing, me and Mr. Mills. Exactly. He's like, shy, let's not over but it's But it's because you've carefully curated your interactions with him. Exactly. I was I was strategic the first the first time I met him. Mm-hmm. I, I, I went one it step was... short of wetting my pants. No, exactly. We could say it was a bomb, but then you've regrouped since then and kind of reinitiated a new, you know, path. Okay, we're going down a rabbit hole. Okay, so off this rabbit hole, the only other thing I'll talk about from from that era, or that reminds me of that era, is that Malcolm Young, the rhythm guitarist of ACDC, died this week. He was the brother of Angus Young, who's the more famous one. And um, as I only learned in recent years, he was really the architect of the ACDC sound. And I happen to have been listening to them a lot lately with the kids in the car. And I've explained to them that every song is about rocking, no matter what the lyrics are, because you ask them, you try to explain some of the lyrics of Highway to Hell. And if you want blood, you got it. And I just tell them, look, it's about rocking. And one of the kids observed to me, she goes, wow, you know, all the ACDC songs sound the same. And uh, to a certain degree, that's true, but it's also because of their commitment to that amazing ACDC sound. So rest in peace, Malcolm Young. And then finally, uh, took the kids to see Bob Dylan in concert this week. And that was was a really special experience. Second concert for the first kid uh, and first concert for the younger child. And it was just a wonderful time. And as we were leaving... The legendary singer Mavis Staples, who had opened up for him, was getting on her tour bus. We left a little bit early, and we said hi to her and took a picture in front of her tour bus. So that was really special. And with that, um, we spent a lot of weeks um, breaking down Stranger Things. We're not going to talk about Stranger Things this time. We're going to hit a grab bag of different topics that we just like to schmooze about. And I will turn it over to Becky to raise our first issue of the week. Okay, so um, I was catching up on a little Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's not the most recent episode, but it's, you know, the, you know, a, 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 from this season. And in the episode, Boyle and Amy are buying a food truck because Amy's an investor in his food truck idea. And I'm not saying this didn't come up in an earlier season, but, like, I have no recollection and at least so far this season, have they referenced that? I couldn't tell if I was having a baby brain moment or there's like a weird plot line that was thrown out for like a random app. So uh, does anyone know where that, when that started I'm, or that I'm came much, from? I'm much further behind. I I have a cutinary question about Brooklyn Nine-Nine is that... Wait, wait, wait. Is, can we answer mine first? Okay, so hold on. For, first of all, to Becky's question about Brooklyn Nine-Nine and continuity, 
Uh, first of all, I love that show. We all agree we love that show. One of my issues with that show is that however Fox schedules that show, it will go months. I will not be sure if the season has ended, and then three episodes will show up, and they'll end the season on, like, a cliffhanger or something like that. So right. it's possible I missed an episode, or it's possible they, in order to move the story along, just made us think something has happened. Just, like, decided that Boyle's opening a food truck and Amy's investing okay. in it. But I is that se- what happened? But it could have it could have reasonably this could be a storyline from like last season that they've ignored for I don't know 15 episodes and are now just picking back up again for no reason. And I missed that episode because of my DVR and because it was on after football and I just don't okay. know that it was ever referenced. But so no one had, knows no one knows whether or not this is actually Has that like, happened though with So I saw the season um, where they have to go into witness protection, him and uh, Holt. And then now I'm watching very slowly the following season, but I think I'm a season behind. But I, my continuity question is, how does he have like an old, how does Boyle have an older child? Did he adopt? Yeah, he adopts a kid. With, uh, oh, he adopts a kid. With and, his, and this, is yeah. he adopter with, what's her name from 24? Yes. Yeah. That's his wife. He marries. Yeah. And then he, they what, adopt okay. because he loses his sperm. Oh, how does he lose his sperm? His crazy ex-wife kills the sperm, like flushes it. There's like the whole ransom episodes about him and his sperm. And then he's not able to inseminate his new wife, so they end up adopting this like grown child. Right, Sergey or or, Nikolai. Nikolai. So that's one of those things where I I know whenever they reference it, I know something led to that but I almost don't care because whatever that was was not as funny as just him referencing being a parent and having Nikolash. So I'm feeling like the food truck thing is almost like a similar thing. I'm like, do I really need to see how they decide to go into a food truck business? Or is it just funny that Amy and Boyle are in a food truck business? And that just makes sense to me. In my head, I was like, this is, this episode is either three years later and this is, he has a grown (laughs) child now or he adopted. Let's move on. That's what I thought. All right. Thanks, uh, guys. Um, but that show still continues to to be great. It's had um, the last, the last uh, Andre Brower, man. Th- th- Delights he, me in every episode. He is just incredible. And every once in a while, they'll do callbacks to previous episodes. Um, and one of the funniest things they called back to recently was the term Bing Pot. Do you guys remember the term Bing Pot? No. So... Jake in one episode says bing pot when he's really excited because it's a combination of bingo and jackpot and he tells everyone that it's <laughs> catching on. And so I got really excited that this was going to catch on. So I made a meme, I put it on an Instagram, and I think I'm the only one to this day who ever uses it or remembers that joke. <laughs> so I feel like I'm now a subject of the joke when people say it's catching on. I'm like, bing pot, it's catching on. Nope, it's not. Okay. That's really Okay, let's move on to one of our other favorite shows in the family. One that I will first of all admit that my sisters and mother told me about for years that it was amazing and I just never got around to it. And one night I picked it up and I couldn't sleep. It was two in the morning and I started watching this show. I didn't know which show it was. And I just, it was because I picked it up in the middle of the episode and then I had to watch all the way to the end. And then I went back and I watched the entire show from the beginning in like a matter of a couple weeks. And that is Shameless. Shameless. Um, beginning, yeah. beginning season eight. Um, American what, Shameless. American Shameless, not British Shameless. Yeah, so, I so, mean. So Lil, um, take us 
you take you're the one who kind of suggested bringing bring us forward take us to first season of the, the first episode of the new season well it it starts right like the day after the previous season seven ends like there seems to be almost no time lost no they, a, a bunch of time has passed because season that's that a time. few months no because it's they're selling the meth. Carl's home. I would say like it's summer, so not. It wasn't. They weren't in the dead of winter in the last season. It always goes winter, summer, winter, summer. But I think they're doing. I don't think it was winter in this one summer, right? Or maybe that was. Yeah, maybe it's like winter to summer, right? Yeah. Every it usually alternates seasons. Like Either way, there, season. there aren't a ton of events to fill in. It really is picking up. No, it's mm-hmm. like yeah, it's really picking yeah. up exactly right where it left off with. You know, Carl's selling the meth and, the you know, Kevin and V don't have the bar. Frank's disappeared. Debbie at the end of season seven says, I'm going to be a welder. She's studying to be a welder. Like it all pretty much goes, you know, mm-hmm. pretty straightforward. Um, and do you want me to give you my impressions or what? Just catch you up? Yeah, you no, uh, give us give us your impressions. Give us give us your impressions um, and, and um, you know, what you, as, what you think about not just the first episode, but. Here's a great show, I think, with great actors that's now in season eight. Season eight is a little bit like, all right, what are we doing with it? What do you think's happening? What right. What do you think the plan is? I mean, season eight, I find, is a, you know, make it or break it season. Because you've got shows like ER that were able to pull it off till season 10, but, like, it almost was unbearable at the end, and they had to bring back George Clooney, and then they closed it off, and it goes down in history as, like, a famous hospital show, you know? Shows like NYPD Blue, and, like, these shows that go on forever that end well and then that's it i mean sons of anarchy ended quite spectacularly at seven seasons shameless makes no point whatsoever like it's ever gonna end so i find that interesting imagine being in that writer's room and they're like let's just keep going yeah it's as if these are real people and we're just documenting their lives forever exactly like, I'm watching the first episode, I'm like, yeah. I could just skip scenes, and it's not going to affect any plot, but I'm enjoying just watching them. Exactly, and I think that's what they um, have basically banked on. And from the beginning, that's what it's been. There are some scenes that have very complicated plots, like, you know, when Fiona was in jail and stuff like that. But in the end of the story, there's not much story ever. It's just watching these people. And now that the children have grown up, like Carl and Debbie and stuff like that, and even Liam is getting his own little plot in this season, which is a great statement about, like, all different kinds of things, right? But I think that they know that we like to watch them. Now there's more of them to be interesting. And I don't think anybody's in a rush. On the flip side... It doesn't seem like it. Right, it doesn't seem like that. And I've heard them say that they... Um, would keep just keep going. Like, they're enjoying it. They have enough fan base. People watch the show. It's very popular. And so, why not? Something, just a quick anecdote. She said she would refuse to come back if they did not pay her as much as William H. Macy. She put up a huge stink between, like, I, I guess after they released season eight, um, or between seven and eight, that she's getting, he gets paid much more than her per episode. And she, I don't know if she got the same amount, but I think they said, okay, fine, we'll negotiate it to raise her pay because she was getting paid just like anybody else. And she's, you know, as much part of the show as he is, even though he's more famous. So I thought that was interesting. And then, um, yeah, Shy and I had talked about this. And while I'll watch these guys forever, because as Becky very well pointed out, Corman's love character development, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the acting is fantastic. Let's just say, like, there are a few shows where every single person on the show is phenomenal. And it's a joy to watch them, and that's great. But, like, I'm kind of waiting for something to change. I had said to Shai, I think this show has potential to keep on going if something just doesn't go wrong for Fiona once. Like, it'd be <laughs> nice. Like, on Grey's, remember on Grey's Anatomy, we're like, okay, we can keep watching this show if Derek and Meredith just stay together. Like, enough. Right. Like, I'm, got, we're like, done with that storyline. Right. They got four more seasons before, like, they killed him. And then, sorry if I spoiled that for anybody. And then we got to move on. So I'm like, yeah, let's just have things go well for her, at least on some front, because we got to move the story forward. Like, she has to advance. Right, it can't just be the Fiona disaster show. Exactly. That's what I said to Shai, and I stand by that, that it seems that if they can pull that off, and they really did a great job at like scaring the shit out of you that she buys this laundromat. And I, like you said, Becky, it was almost like a reality show. I was like, Oh my God, is she going to be able to do it? I was stressed for her and her business venture <laughs> and she lucked out and that's great. Um, but I hope that she can sort of not just luck out, but like use her smarts for good. And yeah, that's my point. But I enjoy watching it. Like I, All right. you know, and, I, and I'm glad they're doing something a little bit different with Kevin and V. Uh, and I don't know if Becky, I don't want to ruin it because I would say that their storyline is maybe the only one that by the end of the the first episode takes a turn. Well, you I saw expect. the part with where he's like, you know, you have a lump. Right. So, yeah. so like I would say, okay, that's interesting. I think it's an interesting topic that they've brought up. Like I, my very close friend's father had breast cancer. I think that that's very interesting. So maybe they'll get to, like, flesh out more of their story because by last season, I was like, they need to kill these two off the show. Like, I can't keep mm-hmm. watching them. So, yeah. Um, they were my least valuable player from last year. All right. Beck, mm-hmm. what, 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 what do you think so far? You're, what, 75% of what, what through the first episode? Not much. Yeah, and I literally, you, and I don't you, think it matters. If, you if seen, I watched or not, I just, if you just been like, it's a continuation of the, direct continuation of the last season, I've been like, okay. Um, I, I love, I literally just love watching these characters, um, you know, so whether there's lots of craziness or a little bit of craziness, I just find it's always like entertaining. Like each scene, the scenes are short, they're well-written, they're entertaining, the actors are all good. You know, for me, I think the part of the show where the gimmick has truly, truly run out though is Frank. I couldn't that agree more. Me, I could not agree more. me, I feel like the show could go on without him. His gimmick is just... That's a good point. That's a good point. I yeah. think that's why they decided to change him. And, and I think it's because you've watched these kids grow up and develop and have interesting, complicated storylines. Um, and Frank, it's the same loop. And I'm, I'm over it. So my, my reaction to Frank is twofold. Number one, I agree with you. Uh, um, I think there was the season where where I think it was sort of peak interesting Frank when he reveals the Dylan McDermott character's big, mm-hmm. big reveal. And even yeah, though... I mean, that was huge. It was a great. It was, it, was, it was also an amazing scene when he calls him Shawnee. Like, that That still haunts me. And then they throw him in the river. And then it's been, I think, I think it's been like two years since then. That two he, years, yeah. Yeah, two years since then that he's... Well, they assume of, they kill him. Right. They, yeah. They don't even care. Yeah. That two years that there's they're sort of circling the drain with his character. I think the loop of Frank is probably realistic in the sense that I'm watching him be nice in this first episode, and I'm like, well, if he's nice and then he dies, this is worthwhile. Otherwise, it's just more of the same Frank, and 
And to mm-hmm. the point to the point about payment, to bring it back to Lil's point about payment, I, I think um, Fiona is phenomenal, and she is the center. Her, she and Lip to me are the mm-hmm. center of the show, and yeah. William H Macy is a nice um, background character and a reason for the way they are. But like, I'm sure his real character would be. He's really not interesting anymore. He's just a mess, mm-hmm. and they're more and more immune to his mess. Right. I mean, it's great when they're when he shows up and like I'm I'm really sorry. I'm gonna make amends. They're like, okay, sure. You like sure. They, when they're you in the hot tub. Like, oh yeah. yeah, I don't know if you saw back, but when he jumps oh. in yeah, yeah. the hot tub, um, that was sort of classic. William H. But, like, right. You know, for me, when I got to that scene, I was like, oh, and he jumps in the hot tub. I'm like, oh, classic Frank. I'm like, it's just not right. interesting anymore. And, gimmicky. I and I think you're right. I think the ways in which he's interesting is when he does something really, really kind of like thoughtfully cruel like revealing mm-hmm. the you know right. whatever the what's his name dermot Mulrooney, dylan mcdermott or dylan mcdermott we're not sure. one of the, by the way one of my favorite <laughs> snl one of my favorite <laughs> snl skits dylan mcdermott or dylan or dermot Mulrooney. That, i freaking love that dylan skit. mcdermott shows up at the end no it's oh, dermot Mulrooney that shows Rooney. up <laughs> We don't know. We just—it's <laughs> one of my favorite sketches. That's true. That sketch is both funny and actual reality. Um, um, but Becky makes a good point that those moments, like even you could say that he gives them the meth, and he's like, "This is your inheritance. Go sell it." Like that's actually a nice thing for Frank. It's a horrible thing, but it's actually something nice that Frank has ever done. He doesn't do anything nice, but it's messed up. All right. So you're. You know, see- so your season one predictions, who, um, going back around, we'll go start with Beck. Who is you, who is you predict now will be your MVP at the end of the season and who will be your LVP at the end of the season? Um, Beck? Oh, Beck. Beck and then Lil. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I would really, you know what I would love? This is going to be really optimistic. Is really hopeful. I would love for them to give me a season where I don't absolutely hate Debbie. I would love, I feel like it's been like several well, seasons since I, yeah, I'm, I was going to say, I hope she's the envy. I would love it if they yeah. make Debbie's storyline something that doesn't want to make me vomit or tear my hair out or like, <laughs> well, I think like what's difficult about thing. Debbie is that she was such an amazing little kid and at the very beginning, we're talking eight seasons, right? So let's say for the first four seasons, she was incredible. And then the last four she seasons just went off the rails been and awful. And it's been a hard, so, like you said, a reality show to watch this person deteriorate. Um, so I would, I would love um, Debbie. And then rather than going into the, again, the same cycle of lips problems, I'd rather rather see them pull back from that a bit and give me a little bit more Carl growing up. Well, that's really so. cool. That's really cool. Lil, how about you? I Like I said before, like I was going to say, I think I'm ready for Debbie to be the MVP because I feel like Phil's, uh, Phil, woof, Lip, which is Philip, but I don't know why I said that. Lip um, has been the MVP a bunch of times, like him and Fiona pretty much. And so I'd like Debbie to be the MVP. And again, like, I'm assuming V will be, maybe not Kevin, maybe he'll kind of get redeemed, but like, I just hope V is not my um, least valuable player again, because that whole thing, like, I just like could not deal with that. Um, And I'm, and I just want to say one quick thing. 
if they're going to make, I don't know if you guys agree that this is possible, that Frank can actually turn around. Like, could Frank ever be a sober, normal person on the show? I don't think so. I don't know. No. But if he could, maybe they did that whole thing about, well, Monica's gone. And they're like, we need to do something radical. If we're going to make Frank, like, into a different character because he can't keep going like this because it's going to ruin the show. But we can't fire him because he's, like, so famous. Well, let's do something radical, like kill Monica, and then that will make him a changed man. So I'm like, oh, maybe that's cool. Like, they did that, and that'll give him an excuse to be good. Whereas I'm like, at the end of this, he just goes on a binger again, like, another binge. I'm like, well, done. So... Well, for oh, me, maybe story-wise, they think they can change him. For me, I think that uh, I, I I have a real affection for Lip's arc, and I hope I, I mm-hmm. hope it's going somewhere. And I like watching the struggle because for me, Lip is the one that is. They all have a little bit of Frank in them, but he is the scariest. You know, mm-hmm. most similar to Frank. Um, and you saw that last season when he was essentially becoming Frank. And I am most anxious about what turns what what's going to turn out for him. So I'm rooting for mm-hmm. him to be an MVP. And no disrespect to the actors who are great who play V and Kevin and Svetlana, but th- those guys could leave the show. They could like move at the end of this season, and we could have more room for Carl and for Debbie to be fleshed out and and to do more on the show. And I'd be perfectly happy with that. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. All right. So. Um, we're, we're, we're doing a little bit of a shorter episode today. So before we, you know, sign off, let's just talk a little bit about stuff we're watching. Beck, uh, you seen anything lately you want to talk about? Anything that you recommend or you have thoughts on? Um, well, yeah, I've seen, I've seen, I've been watching a couple of movies. Um, yeah, you know what? I could do, I can do an entire half an hour just on the three movies I've seen in like the last week. Well, why don't you just tell us the three movies? Um, Guardian of the Galaxy Part 2 was so bad, it made me, it actually made me never want to watch movies again. Like, I finished that, and I went down to the basement where Vlad was, and I was like, I'm not watching movies anymore. That was, that that sucked my soul out. All right, so I love that. It was so terrible. Just for the record, I loved that movie. My kids... don't ki- know how we're related. My kids actually. Are, I'm. We should do a DNA test. My kids are very. You're an specific, alien. My kids are very specific. Where I'm like, guys, don't you love Guardians of the Galaxy? And they'll look at me and they'll say, Part One only. Good. Yeah. Uh, then, but kind of moving up from that was Blade Run. Was Blade Runner 2049, which I thought was incredibly, incredibly beautiful, and I'm so happy I saw it. But it's really? two hours and forty five minutes, and. <sighs> Damn, do you feel that 245 and a little bit of a missed opportunity with some storyline stuff, but that's that you know, that's too too detailed to get into. And third, I actually saw the film wait, wait, Stronger. Wait. What? wait, wait, wait. Blade Runner, like quickly, how many stars do you give it? I give it I give it like three and a half. Like I'm happy I saw it on the big screen and it was really beautiful, but I can never watch it again. It was so long. Okay. Never watching it again, but I, I was beautiful. So um, let, um, me, let me let me throw out three movies. Just okay, that kind of are connected in the sense. Okay, so if I were to put out the original Blade Runner, which is slower than people really ever remember, it's super slow. A movie like Minority, a movie like Minority Report, which they you know is influenced by Blade Runner, and then uh-huh. this new Blade Runner. How would you rank them or compare those three? You know, I have my weird hangups with the original Blade Runner because I get why it's so important and influential, but I actually don't really like it. <laughs> I didn't love it. I'm going to be honest. Um, but I understand it, like, you know, from, like, yeah. a 
cinema studies perspective and I I enjoyed the new one as like a watching experience I enjoyed the new one much more actually um and Minority Report's like a badass movie so I that's just like better all around <laughs> it's that one's but, Spielberg but, doing Ridley Scott really well yeah which is but um no I it's just it's a very it's a very long film and it's it's artful and it's dark and it's beautiful so if you do watch it just be in that headspace for it um and then lastly I saw Stronger the Jake oh really one. and um and it's a really, Orphan Black the, yeah it's a really good drama you know you want like a well written well directed acted drama that hits all the marks What's very very about? good the guy all the Boston bombing. oh wow cool I didn't, it's really I, the, the name is so generic that i i'm like what, what's which one was that again oh that's cool that's good to know that that's yeah. really good no, i just feel like if you're like oh we need to like oh we're at home where it's like right home what do we watch you want to just like watch something that'll be like good for a couple hours like it's it's a hard movie to watch right you know but it, it was his you know he's just he's really good it's really well acted i, I really hope we don't find he, out that like he sexually harassed somebody because he's really good that. i like him Dylan All right, those are, my, those are my three. Those are my three recent watches with you know one line reviews. Uh, Lil, anything you've been watching that you recommend? Um, gosh, hold on, I'm having a brain lapse. We, um, ah, Wind River. We watched. I bought it. It's on your account currently. Oh, I was wondering how that ended up in my iTunes. I was like, wow. huh, I want. <laughs> what is that movie? And- I feel like we could do a whole ep on, um, what is it? Is it Taylor Sheridan? I really feel like we could do a whole episode on him. Sicario. Who? I I thought you were saying Taylor Kitsch again. No, no, no. Which I could do an episode on him as well. But I think it's Taylor Sheridan, right? The director, writer, director who did um, uh, Sicario, Hell or High Water, Wind River. What's Wind River about? Um, it's uh it's just like a murder, right? You know, like a, a murder out murder. in Wyoming on an Indian reservation in Wyoming and um it's just doesn't make sense. It's a, it's like a terrible thing and it happens like apparently a lot, like a, a Native American woman, young woman is just found, but it doesn't really add up where she's found and how it the, it doesn't look like a simple case. And so they call the FBI who's they have to get there really quickly and they just send somebody just to I, I decide, is this a murder or not? And it's like a, some rookie. And then that person has to leave. But, um, you know, so that's why there's a rookie in it, which is Elizabeth Olsen. She's great. And oh, cool. uh, she's with Jeremy Renner and they're in uh, X-Men together or Avengers together. So it's like cool to see them, you know, again together, I guess, but he's, he's excellent as always. And it's just sort of, you know, Ooh, I'm interested. They, because of the conditions, they can't call it well, homicide. And it's on your account, so you can just watch it. Yeah. No, 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 I know. I'm going to watch it now. This is exciting. <laughs> yeah. and if, but, but if they don't call it a homicide, then the FBI can't help. And they don't have resources to solve this murder. So it's it's interesting. And if you've seen his movies, you kind of get the style that the story is pretty simplistic. But it, but then when you watch the movie, you're like, okay, this is there's so many more layers here. Um, ironically, he's the like deputy guy from sons and he turns out to be a phenomenal writer director he was the guy that played the like sheriff guy on sons who gets killed right away kind of season two or three. Oh, oh yeah he gets run over right 
Yeah. Exactly. Oh, wow. okay. Guys, uh, his brother right. was the man. Right. Kind of, I kind of got to get wrapped All right. up. All right. So just in terms of what I've been watching, I'll just say last night, my Allie, she was so excited because she picked a show that I was immediately into, something called The Five on that we watched on Netflix, which is um, a oh. British. Uh, murder mystery, a murder happens 20 years ago, uh, or, or not a murder, a, a kid goes missing 20 years ago from this group of friends. There's all sorts of elements that pop up 20 years later that requires them to revisit all of this. And in some ways it's very familiar. Um, it reminds me of a lot of the crime movies and crime shows that I like, like Bosch, um, where there's multiple things being investigated by the police at the same time. You're not sure if they're connected or not connected, but the acting's really good. And first time in a while where Allie and I have both been into a show so much that we watched like three episodes one after the other so if again nothing I would say unique beyond a cool crime story type of show um all right so with that wait sorry before we close one really important thing did I already tell you guys how I saw Coco did we talk about that oh no Okay, that should have been the only... I should have used my time to only talk about that, and I'm not going to say anything, because all I'm going to say is you must see it. You must take your kids to see it. It is phenomenal. That's awesome. That's awesome. You absolutely have to take it. I'm super excited. I I just soaked up every moment. It was the type of film where, like, let's say my peers, when they finished watching it, their reaction was, like, the way I felt was the same way I felt the first time I saw Aladdin as a little kid or the first time I saw, like, whatever your most, like, epic, important Disney movie that just wrapped you up into a world, that it evoked that feeling of being in this whole other magical world. And it it was beautiful. Thumbs up. I'm excited. Huge. That's awesome. Gotta see it. All right. I will take, can, can I take the kids? Like, they'll get it? Yeah, they'll they'll get it. I mean, I think they'll get it. You might have to do a little explaining, but they'll get it. Right. Well, I'm excited. I will take them within the next week then, maybe next weekend when we're home. Oh, yeah. Got to do it. Um, okay, cool. So with that signing off here, uh, Beck, where can people follow you? Um, you can check out my food blog, everydayoat.com. And Lil, where can people follow you? Chichi K. Gomez on Twitter. And coming soon will be Becky on Twitter when we get her. To oh, play. when you come out and visit me, you can help me set it up. All right. That sounds like a plan. Um, and you can follow me. That, at... sounds, that, that just sounds super, like, obvious that that was what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at Pancake for Table. I've had a, actually a pretty prolific week um, drawing some fun little animations and drawings and things like that. So um, uh, that's on Instagram or Twitter. You can follow this podcast on Podbean, uh, Friday Night Movie Pod dot podbean dot com or just go to friday night movie pod dot com and pretty soon if all goes well we'll be listed on itunes in the coming weeks and we'll we'll have an announcement on that and now we shall dance dancing well, right. can we just do it away? And then can I, and then can we secretly stay on? Because I actually just want to throw yeah, one last thing Last time, though, Becky, only Shy secretly and I stayed on and you left. <laughs> uh, whatever. I have other things to do. Okay. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye.
No, I fell on his shoulder. Oh. I feel like Playing we learned. Soccer. I feel like we've learned yet another important lesson know. about soccer. It's the worst. It's exact. When I told Costa, he his answer was soccer's the worst. What can I tell you? <laughs> I think it's the worst sport ever. I was like, I guess it's fair. Oh, 